It's not just another boring podcast from some loser broadcasting from his mom's basement. It's from his dingy garage instead. Whatever, man. We cover everything. Pop culture, food, let me guess, tacos again? That's that's what this show's about. Politics, sports, entertainment, and whatever the hell else is on his mind. I have an addictive personality. Live from the Big Brother Bungalow in Southern California. Scared to tell us the city, Jake? Yeah. <laughs> it's the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Yo, what's good, y'all? It's the Big Brother Jake Podcast. I am your host, Big Brother Jake, a.k.a. Jake Warner. My government name. Welcome to the show. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud.com slash the Big Brother Jake Podcast. You can go to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or tune in. In the key search, type in the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Boom, you're in there. We also got somebody new to the family, Spreaker, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R, Spreaker.com slash the Big Brother Jake Podcast. If you want to listen to one of the old episodes, like I did with Stephen A. Smith, like I did with Dallas Cowboy James Washington, or six-time gold medal Olympic winner Amy Van Dyken, you can find all of those episodes archived on Spreaker.com slash the Big Brother Jake Podcast. And of course, the OG, SoundCloud.com slash the Big Brother Jake Podcast. What's good, y'all? <clears throat> Man, just went to puberty right now. <laughs> I am hyped. I'm so hyped right now. I just came off of one of the craziest, enlightening weekends I've ever had in my entire life. I was down in San Diego, my second home. For those that know me, I was in the United States Navy, served proudly on the USS Kitty Hawk. And literally, and this is so sad to say, I don't remember half of it. Not because I fell on my head a couple times. Okay, I lie. I did fall on my head, but that was a result of a lot of drinking. So kids, don't drink a lot. And I will say this. Shout out to my man, Adarian Searcy, for making senior chief. Who the hell knew? If I would have stayed in by now, I'd have been retired. If I would have stayed in, but I just could not do that Navy thing, man. I couldn't do it. But my man's moving to Texas, and, uh, man, we had some memories. Um, we will have my man Adarian on really, really, really soon to discuss some uh, some of the stuff I don't remember. Um, we had all, he was bringing up stuff, he said, dog, dog, you don't remember when you did, uh, this and that? I'm like, bruh, nah, I did that? Bruh, do you remember anything? And I don't know, maybe if I get, listen, if I could find some kind of psychologist or psychiatrist that could help me take out the suppressed memories I had of the military, I would welcome that because, honest to God, I don't remember half of what I went through. I remember mostly leaving the ship to go have fun with the homie P-Dub or go see my girl or go see whatever, like go home for the weekend. I don't remember half of what I've been through, and it's a damn shame. So anybody, A, that knows me that was in the Navy, you got some memories you want to share on the podcast. You have a special guest spot. You know how to reach me. You know how to reach me. If not, the Big Brother Jake Podcast at gmail.com or in the Instagram, you can DM me. You know, that's how you can find me. But I've suppressed so much and didn't realize it, okay? 
And my man Adarian is getting frustrated. Like, bruh, dog, dog, you don't remember. Dog, come on, dog. You don't remember, dog? You don't remember anything that we did? <sighs> nah, I don't. I don't understand it, and I feel bad about it that I don't. So he did one of the coolest things that's ever been done for me. Um, I had not stepped foot on the North Island Naval Base in a long time. Uh, that's located in Coronado, California. For those that don't know, Coronado is somewhat of an island in San Diego, but there's an islet or islet, whatever you call it. I, man, I, I know I got a degree, but I'm not smart. Um, there's the Silver Strand. So it's not technically an island because there's a strip of land that escapes that into Chula Vista. Anyways, no one cares about the geography of San Diego, but he took me on the base. And let me tell you, I have a newfound respect for people, mainly prisoners or people that return home that were locked up for years and they come home and they see that so much has changed, it blows their mind and gives them anxiety. As we cruise along North Island, everything that I remember about that naval base was gone. Places I hung out, places that I macked to chicks, okay, friends owned by chicks, places that I used to kick it, you know, like we play flag football, oh no, no, we play tackle football, true story, every Friday at the park, gone. Laundromat where I used to get drunk and put bleach in my clothes that were colors, gone. McDonald's, gone. Del Taco, gone. Real grass, gone. <laughs> and he's telling me all these crazy things about how the Navy is nowadays. Because when I was in the Navy, when we were in boot camp, we used to get punched by the drill instructors. Okay, straight up. Couldn't hit in the face, anywhere but the body. Or anywhere but the face. You can hit in the body, hit in the stomach, hit in the nuts, whatever the hell. But you could not get hit in the face. So they used to beat the hell out of us. Okay? That Navy's gone. You got stress cards. Stress cards! What the hell are you doing? Um, excuse me, sir. Um, petty officer. Um, I don't want to do that exercise, so here's my stress card. Are you freaking kidding me? Stress card? That's our Navy, y'all. That's our military nowadays. I'm going to start sounding like old man, big bro Jake here. I'm going to get into this. All right. So, you know, he's telling me about that. Okay. Yeah, I get it. Now, for those that can't, couldn't afford an apartment or afford any hotel rooms on the weekends, we had to live on the ship. Okay. And let me tell you, it's like a two by six coffin. And no room, no frills, a little curtain for privacy. And there's three, six, there's, there's like 12, 16 in, in a little birthing area. And there's like 200 people that sleep in this little confined area, packing them in like sardines. And it stank, and it was nasty, and it was dirty. Even though I wiped it clean, it was still not clean enough. I'm telling you, it's a nightmare. So I look, and I see... These huge barracks. Barracks are like uh, apartments. And I'm like, Darian, what's all these buildings then? These are barracks? Yeah, hey, dog, they don't sleep on the ships no more, dog. Like, what the? What? What? Yeah, you know, only during deployment, dog. That, that's that's the only time they uh 
they 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 sleep on the ship or or or, or if they have uh, duty. You gotta be freaking kidding me! And yeah, dog, they complain about everything. What? So you mean to tell me these kids get apartment living? <laughs> I was blown away. I was blown away. And then, <laughs> as we get out and look at a couple places, you know, we had a moment, you know, we were just like kind of chilling and laughing about the good old days. Like there was this oak tree we used to sit under and get faded in our uniforms. Um, we called it the tree. I know, real original, right? Sailors, that's we're smart. Uh, under the tree, we go to the exchange, get us a couple 40 ounces, boom. Hang out under the tree. Uh, we may have taken naps under there from alcohol-induced naps, whatever. Then we had the pizza parlor, and that was still open. That was dope. But here's the thing. When we were little shorties, youngsters, doing our thing, just getting to the Navy, it was always crowded on the base. Everybody's walking all day long, walking all day long, walking all day long. And at nighttime, it was well lit. Everything was cool. Everybody was having a good time. We were all broke, so we would hang outside all day. Some of us had pagers. Some of us had phone cards. People calling home to Georgia, New York, wherever the hell they're from. I get to this base, nobody's walking around. It's 8 o'clock at night. On a Friday, no one's out. No one's talking to the, 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 there's no guys and girls macking to each other under the tree where it's lit up. No, everything's dark. Oh, and if you were one of those sailors that got in trouble, you had to be the one that would mow the grass all along the freaking base. Guess what? AstroTurf now. You got to be freaking kidding me, man. So I'm sitting here literally in shock, like, bro, I can't believe this. Bro, I can't believe this. Man, this is crazy. Bro, I can't believe this. I can't get over the fact that it's so damn politically correct. AstroTurf! We don't want to harm anything anymore. What the hell's going on? This is our military now. This is what we're going through. This is, this is the people. This is the people that are going to defend the country. They defend our country. Everybody sits in, and they're on their phones, and they're playing Fortnite. They're not outside macking the girls no more. They're not walking around the base. And I thought that was just North Island. Oh, no. Take me to 32nd Street. Okay, dog. I got you, dog, dog. Let's go. Go to 32nd Street. It's just as, it's just as bad. And let me tell you, they got places that look like, look like freaking vacation spots. These barracks aren't like bare bones, metal, and dull, death, gray everywhere. Nah, they're all nice and configured beautifully and have neon lights. Look, man, I think it's cool that they upgraded and I just come off of, come across as a pissed off, bitter, old-ass man. I get it. And it's not cool. And I shouldn't be like that. But I'm pissed off I didn't have any of those things. But what makes it worse is he's telling me because he uh, he's in charge of a lot of these sailors. These sailors are still bitching. Oh, I can't believe our barracks, the, the washer-dryer unit is small. Washer-dryer unit? What the hell? Can't believe that. <sighs> I just don't get it. They complaining. 
So I'm literally sitting here in shock. So now I kind of, I told him, I said, bro, I felt like I served 20 years in prison. Not because of, you know, anything weird, but I missed out 20 years ago. Of course, things aren't supposed to be the same. You can't drink like you used to in the Navy. You get in big ass trouble for it. You can't even do the shellback ceremony. Now, the shellback ceremony is what made me feel like I was a real man in the Navy. Okay, shellback ceremony is when you cross the equator. I am a golden shellback. Don't even start with R. Kelly and weird sexual innuendos. I know a couple of y'all that think that. But a golden shellback is when you cross the international dateline and the equator at the same time. I am an OG, and I'm proud to say that. And in that uh, particular uh, ceremony, it's like hazing. Okay, you were on your hands and knees on asphalt all day long in the heat, getting shot with fire hoses and eating burnt sausage with extra hot sauce with just your mouth, with your hands tied behind your back. You had dudes. Okay, I won't say kicking to get in trouble, but people would push you with their foot. They would throw toilet water on you. As you crossed and walked all over the ship on your hands and knees or crawled on your hands and knees. And at the end of the, 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 the entire day, after you slide on a slip and slide into a pool of jello and looks like stuff from a garbage disposal, you get up and the shellbacks ask you, what are you? If you say anything but I'm a golden shellback, your ass has to do it all over again. They don't do that no more. There's no more hazing. We can't have that in this Navy. We need to make sure our sailors are protected. What happened to rite of passage? What happened to the good old days, man? I see it now. I used to laugh at old people. I used to laugh at old people. Why are they bitching about the good old days all the time? What the hell so bad about today? <laughs> I finally had that moment at 43 years old. I thought it was bad when a whole bunch of millennials try to yell at me because of taking the kid out the car at the donut shop. No. Sailors are complaining. The Wi-Fi is down in my barracks and I can't play Fortnite. Shut the hell up. Go outside. Talk to some girls. Interact with people that you're not just on the damn phone. It's getting ridiculous out there. And these kids, and I call them kids because I'm older. This is what we got. And I'm like, yo, Darian, like, how do you do this? Dog, I just adapt, dog. I love money too much to try and fight it, dog. I'm retiring soon. <sighs> what happened? Look, the military, the thing about saying I was in the military, people respected it. People said, damn, if he was in the military, he went through some stuff. He, he's a little hard-edged. He's experienced a few things. We were respected. We came home from our tours. We got love. And people knew we put in work. Nowadays, these cats come from their cruises. They got Wi-Fi on the ships now. They got access to computers. We had one computer on the ship, and it printed out, I don't know, 100 emails an hour back in 96, 97. 
I think it's great that they're advancing. That's cool. I get it. Got to adapt. But damn, really? These cats are pampered. None of them can fight. I can tell you that much. I'm walking around the base looking at some of these cats, and I just, you know, like, boom, they jump. Oh, scared asses. Look, a message to the recruiters out there. I know the Navy's not like the hardest branch. Damn sure no, the Air Force ain't hard. Nine to five and asses. <laughs> Army? I won't discuss the Army. Anybody can be in the Army. But it takes a special person to be a sailor, man. It takes a special person. Save, save the village people jokes. It's so played out. Come with something new, all right? What's happening to my U.S. Navy? It was a badge of honor to have gone through what I went through. Made us tougher. Made me a better person. Made me a tougher person. Not that I was weak to begin with, but like it added a little extra layer of toughness. Now they're living on base, not staying on the ships. If you get in trouble, you don't have to mow lawns across the uh, entire base. It's AstroTurf. You can't come on board smelling of alcohol. You get in trouble. Drinking beer isn't a Navy fight song. I don't get it, man. I just don't get it. But it made me appreciate that the time I was in was a tougher time. And I'm proud to have served my country. And I'm proud to have served on the USS Kitty Hawk. And I'm glad I went through all the hard times because it made me tougher and it made me a better person and it made me do things that I didn't think I normally do. It made me a, 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 just a stronger person in general. So my man, Adarian, you know, God bless you, brother. Thanks for serving our country. Senior chief. Crazy to hear that. Y'all just don't understand. And shout out to the Die Hard Boat Club. Y'all the main reason I went down to San Diego on Saturday. The thing is, people give Charger fans such a hard time. People give Charger fans this, like, they put us in this category of not hard or we're not passionate enough. Oh, and nobody in San Diego loves them anymore, which is why we held our annual picnic for the club in San Diego. Because, yeah, there's no fans in San Diego. Everywhere I went all weekend long, I saw Charger gear everywhere. Pacific Beach, Ocean Beach, Chula Vista, National City, Coronado, downtown in the gas lamp. I was all over San Diego this weekend, and there was mad Charger gear everywhere. So, yo, shout out to the Die Hard Boat Club. I had a good time this weekend down there with my peoples and my crew down there. Y'all, I love y'all. The Death Brian Boats, El Presidente, shout out. Karina, Karen Garcia, Nelly, everybody that's down. Everyone that's down. Okay. Patty, that's the homie right there. We we all crew, we all family, we all love each other. My man Dan, the white dude, the only white dude I know that's pale as Casper could but could see walk better than any gangster rapper I've ever met in my life. Dan, I'm gonna get you on video. You know, nothing but love to y'all, man. You know, John and David. You know, all of y'all, man. I love all y'all. We had a good time. So San Diego was dope. I know y'all don't want me here to just shout out our. 
But this is grumpy old man hour, and I'm pissed off. I really wish we would reevaluate our government and or, or, or oh yeah, we need to do that. But our military, we need tough people again, man. I'm a little worried about what's going on out there. But you know what? Forget all that. Let's just go on to the next segment. Y'all bored already? You're listening to the Big Brother Jake podcast. All right, so. Yeah, this particular segment's going to be a pretty serious segment. Um, I always dread June 3rd. Um, Let's start like this. Have you ever encountered somebody in your life that um, totally changed your life and you would not be the person you are because of them? Uh, have you ever encountered somebody that made your life better? Well, in this particular instance, uh, I'm going to talk about somebody that completely made my life better, completely believed in me when nobody else did, and um, they were really good to me. Um, back in 1996, since we're still on the Navy thing, um, I had a, a young person, uh, 97 maybe, no, 96, um, a wonderful man by the name of Martin Sunglau was um, stationed on the USS Kitty Hawk. Uh, he came on, and I used to laugh because I was like, why they got this little five foot five Filipino weird-looking dude coming on the ship? And kind of find out he's half Italian, half Filipino. And um, from Virginia Beach... And I saw him wearing all this, like, um, urban gear. (laughs) And I was like, this cat's into hip-hop. Okay, I get it. So I go up to him. I said, what's your name, homie? And he's like, damn, you real West Coast. (laughs) And I'm like, what gave that away? He's like, man, what you say, homie? Like, he just, like, mimicked me. I'm like, man, fool, what you talking about? He's like, damn, you say, fool. Man, I am so into the West Coast lifestyle I'm from Virginia Beach. I'm like, man, I used to live out there. That place is whack. He's like, what you say? And he got mad. But um, I saw that he had like a Wu-Tang Clan shirt, had the Timberlands, the, you know, the, the goose neck or the triple goose like vest. I'm like, fool, it's 82 degrees outside. You don't need boots and you don't need no damn triple goose neck vest in California. And, uh, so we, you know, we were just messing with each other, and you know, I apologize for being a punk because I was, you know. But you got to test people. <clears throat> Excuse me, you got to test people because on the ship, it's a lot like jail, kinda. And I'll explain that. There's five thousand people on an aircraft carrier. You're wearing blues that look like jail blues. You can't leave. You don't have a lot of money. Well, back when I was in, I'm sure with this new millennial freaking Navy, it's different. They probably got freaking slot machines on there and free money. And, you know, so you're bartering like sodas and stuff for money or a cup of noodles or whatever. (laughs) And so I got to know this cat. And um, one day I saw him in there. He had headphones on and he's bobbing his head and he's writing. Like, what you writing on, dog? And he's like, oh, yo, I, I, bust, I bust raps. You know, I'm a I'm rapper, man. Hip-hop head, and I'm a lyricist. Now, when, you, when somebody calls himself a lyricist, they true. 
They true to the art of hip hop. And for those that know me, I love the bus freestyles. Like, I love freestyling. I'll do it anywhere at any time if somebody asks me. I'll do it. It's fun. Point at something on the wall, bam, I'm on it. I'll go however long you want me to go. And when I run out of gas, I'll just stop. But I love the bus. And I'm like, man, what you know? Fool, you can't bus. You can't bus. He's like, fool, do you know I'm from the East Coast? I'm like, so what? I'm from the West. I said, all right. So we had one of the homies put on an instrumental. And this cat spit nonstop two instrumentals, 10 minutes. <laughs> 10 minutes long, this cat went on the freestyles. And I didn't even try it. I didn't even try it. And everybody said, come on, Jake. So I went, and I lost gas after five and a half minutes. And um, I admired that cat. And he's like, man, don't test me, fool. So we, we encountered a lot, of, a lot of rap battles when we were out to sea. And he made me better, and I made him better. And we started making music together. All the while, when I was down about something, Martin was always there. When I always had something going on, Martin was always a big part of it. Even during my wedding, when things weren't going right, people were running late. The bridesmaids and the, and the bride side of the party had troubles and didn't and some of their people didn't show up to help. That fool went over to their side and helped them out. Now, Martin is a class act and that cat loaned me money when I didn't have it. When I was going through troubles and stress, he was always there. And everyone loved him. Not one person in the world that I know hated this guy. He was one of the coolest cats in the world. I mean, when you didn't feel hyped. Okay, people say I'm the ultimate hype man. Like, yo, Jake, you hype people up. My man P will always tell you Jake is the ultimate hype man. I don't hold a candle to Martin. Boko Diki Dao Sang Lao. That's what we used to call him. Yeah, it's racist, but, you know, we were, you know, we weren't. Correct. Was it political? We weren't politically correct. We were in the Navy. We were men. But Martin always had a way of, when you encountered him, you walked away feeling better about yourself. He was a guy that will always have something positive to say and would never show you that he's going through any kind of stress. Fast forward to about six years ago. We were two days, I was in New York City. Um, just visiting for fun on vacation, and Martin and I were supposed to meet up in New York. And um, I was like, "Oh, Martin, what's up, man?" You know, like talking on the phone. Like he's like, "Yo, I'm gonna come to New York, man." I'm like, "Word." He's like, "Yeah, I gotta make sure that 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 happens because I miss my dog." And I'm like, "Man, I, I miss you too, brother. Like, you know, you're the one that." Held it down for all of us, and and we got to link up. Well, unfortunately, he had car trouble, and he couldn't make it. And I was like, all right, I understand. The last time I saw Martin was at my wedding, June 14th, 1998. So fast forward to about three years ago, his beautiful wife, Amy, 
She was on deployment. She retired from the U.S. Navy. Thank you for your service, Amy. Love you like a sister. You know that. And I was hitting her up on Facebook. Like, hey, Amy, you you coming home? Yeah, Martin and I, we're going to go to Bermuda. and We're going to take a little island vacation. And uh, we're going to have a good time. I was like, y'all deserve that, man. Had that fool call me, you know. And so we were on the phone. He's like, yeah, you know. She's gonna she's gonna uh come home from nine month deployment and we're gonna go on this vacation. And then after I get back, we're gonna work on our album together. We're just gonna do a joint album, we're gonna do like twelve to fifteen tracks. You do you produce half the beats, I produce half the beats, and that's how that's gonna be. I'm like, word. Well, they go on vacation and he has back problems and he starts hurting. And Sorry, y'all. <laughs> um, he's always been one to be fully energetic. He was never one to be too lazy about anything. He was always ready to go, always ready to have a good time. But Amy's like, come on. He's like, I can't even get out of bed. Like, I'm in pain. I'm hurting really bad right now. So she's like, all right. And the next day, he just slipped into a coma and he, Got real sick, couldn't move his body, couldn't talk. She pulled together her sources and got him flown to Florida on the mainland. And within like three days, Martin passed away. And it's still hard for me to talk about, but I'm going to do this on the podcast today. Because... Martin always made sure you were loved. Martin always made sure that every time we talked, man, he would always say, I love you. I love you, brother. I love you. And I never thought anything weird of it because I'm the same way, you know, Mr. Hype Man. <laughs> always loving people, always trying to super serve everybody. Everybody. And I felt so cheated because I never got to say goodbye to my friend. And... um He was a good dude, and I still got those seven instrumentals in my inbox that I will write to, and I will continue our dream and make it happen um, because we're going to do that album together. Um, my whole point is this. Number one, I want to show some love to my man Martin Sunglau, and the whole USS Kitty Hawk OI division knows how much he meant to us. And we all, on this day, June 3rd, get very emotional. And we all call each other, and we play the shit out of Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> because that was what he was always doing, pumping Wu-Tang Clan. And um, I never got to say goodbye to him. So my point is this. If you have a friend that you love dearly, you have a friend that always made you better and pumped you up and did nice things for you and just loved the hell out of you, don't send them the voicemail. Don't ignore their texts. Don't find a reason to not hang out with them. A broke down car held us up for meeting for the last time. 
we talked a lot on the phone three times a week. And we were doing this album and sending each other, you know, files back and forth. And we had to do it over the internet. <laughs> and I never got the chance to say goodbye. So my point is, if you got somebody you love and you care about, you make sure you do everything in your, in, in your power to, to show them you love them. Because you never know, tomorrow's not promised. And he would be kicking my ass if I did this segment. And I'm going to cheer up now. I'm not going to cry or shed tears. Y'all can't see me. Um, but the world needs a hell of a lot more Martin Sunglows. And Amy Sunglow, you know we're here for you. OI Division's here for you. And we're going to hold you down forever because he would be the one, if it was us checking up with our spouses checking up on us or on y'all and making sure y'all were good and he would do anything in his power to be there for you and i wasn't going to talk about this on on the podcast but this is who i am and i'm not going to change for anybody um but martin was one hell of a man and there's nothing i wouldn't do for martin if you're on this planet and even though he's not on this planet there's nothing i wouldn't do for his family to so to the sunglass family to to amy just know Martin's never forgotten. That man loved life, loved hip hop. Always wanted to make sure he would always. He was the only one that would promote my album when nobody else would. He put it on Facebook and Instagram, and he's like, "Yo, check out my boy. Play snippets of my album on his uh, on his accounts." And when it came out, that fool it was free, and he was like buying copies of a free album. <laughs> So, Martin, bro, I love you with all my heart. June 3rd's never an easy day for me or anybody that loves you. And um, for one day, I'm going to be a little weird and <laughs> just be to myself. But I always know you're loved, you're missed, and I would pay whatever I could to have one hour with you, bro. Just know that. You're never forgotten, Martin. Boko Diki Dao for the last time, brother. I love you, man. Hello, everybody. You're listening to my daddy, Big Brother Jake. This is the Big Brother Jake broadcast. Bye, everybody. All right, y'all. This has been a long time coming. I have followed this brother through his journey as an artist, as a producer, as an entrepreneur. Somebody that I admire greatly. Somebody that's done work with, I don't know, some guy named Kendrick Lamar. I don't know, some guy named Absol. Um, I think some guy named E-40, you might have heard of him. So many others. This man needs no introduction, but I'm going to do it anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, my man Curtis King is in the building. What's good, brother? Oh, man, thank you so much for the, <laughs> such, a, such a joyous, uh, uh, you know, welcome. I'm, 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 I'm definitely feeling, feeling there. Something love, man. I appreciate it, man. I, you know, I don't know if anybody's ever heard of those names that I work with. You know, <laughs> just, you know they, you know, they, they, they out here and whatnot. I don't know, maybe you did for some of this music, but no, I, I certainly appreciate, uh, you know, having me on here as well as your time, man. It's greatly appreciated. Oh uh, no, nah, man, this has been a long time coming, bro. I, I admire you because you have been 
when, when it comes to somebody that's been in the industry, you've experienced the lowest of the lows and the highest oh, of the highs, man. brother. So let's let's get a little background on how you started, man. <laughs> I know you you grew up. You were born in Bellflower, California. Right. Oh man, you was on Wiki, you was on Wikipedia, wasn't you? Maybe I was. Maybe somebody <laughs> told me. I'm trying to. Oh, somebody told. Okay. <laughs> I know you're born a bellflower, but you, you're so Cal native, you know, and uh, tell the people out there, the people, that, my listeners, your story, how you came up through this industry. So, I mean, I started off in, in really an unorthodox way, and I, I guess the older I get, the more I figure out so many other people did the same thing, but right. my career as a rapper started with a bet. Mm-hmm. And my career as a producer started with a PlayStation game. Oh, where's okay. This, where's this going, Curtis? Where's this going, Curtis? Where, where you... <laughs> Take us there. Take us there, bro. <laughs> I, how did you turn this into a six-figure business? I would love to know. So initially, <laughs> initially, my, my, my buddy and I, like, you know, when you're in high school, there's th- certain things that you do that you don't kind of broadcast around the boys. Right. One of those being writing poetry, which I did. I like to write like, like a lot of what well, I guess would be considered spoken word that sounded like okay yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> right but, but i was doing that and i thought it was something that you know nobody else was really doing nobody was talking about it and my, my buddy brought it up and i was just like you know what i'm gonna just i'm gonna just talk about it and so we talked about it and he was like man he, he, was, he was like talking on the phone you know he's younger yeah he all the time in the world he's like man you ever thought about <laughs> rapping and i was like rapping i was like, ain't no rapper and, and uh, in my mind i was like thinking of like the the Nas's and the, uh, right. the Jay Z, right, right. I can't, I can't formulate thoughts like that. And he was like, "Man, forget all that. I'm gonna give you 30 minutes, and then I'm gonna call you back, and then I want you to write a verse." And I was like, "Oh, buddy, I don't know what this is gonna <laughs> be." And just as terrible as you would expect it to be, it was worse. Oh, I was in there talking about like we. He called me back, and I was like, I was like pretty much just like reciting my version of like an Eminem because I was listening right. to Eminem at the time. Sure, I was yeah. like, I leave your, I leave your body pieces missing like blues clues. And I was like, I thought that was hard. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't, I said my energy stays high. I don't need a Red Bull. And I was like, oh man, you really, you showed us what you want to do. But um, we kept at it, man. We kept at it. My buddy was like, man, I, you know, I, we don't sound that good right now, but I feel like there's something here. And he's like, if we're going to do it, we got to do it for a purpose. And I'm glad he said that because that literally changed the trajectory of everything that I did, even to this day. And that purpose was to uh, to take care of our families, to, right. to provide a, a way that we could do that, even at a young age. This is not something that's me talking through the lens of being a 33 year old. Yeah, yeah. This is something that he, at a at a at a at a, at a, at a very very uh, excuse me, 34. I keep forgetting all that. Uh, yeah, I'm about to say because I read Wikipedia, like you said, because you called me out. So I'm about to do it again. It's all good. <laughs> I did the math in my head. I thought about 1985, and I was like. It's like, it's like, what on? It's 2019. I was like, wait a minute, that's a post somewhere there. But um, I just let you know, I really don't pay too much attention to, to the number because I feel like that it becomes a distraction. Anyway, Absolutely. <laughs> but that being said, uh, you know that bet turned into a purpose, and then as we wrapped, we had a, we had a we had a you know we came to a place where at that time you know I, I feel like I feel like I'm safe to admit it now because there's a lot of people who was right. doing it but we was on Napster looking for beats. Of course, oh yeah, we we all did that. We all did that, bro. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on I'm on LimeWire. I'm looking for beats and all that good stuff. Ruining right? your whole I'm computer on, for one instrumental. Air <laughs> share for one instrumental that everybody rapping on. Exactly I right. Like, I was up here feeling like a '90s hacker. I was like, oh, they don't got this. They don't got this beat. Oh, oh, Wu Tang Cream. I wonder if anybody else got this. Right. I'm about to use it. Yeah, oh man, I mean the first beat I ever rapped on was uh, Art of Noise. 
Moments of Love. Oh, that's my joint right there, man. I love that song. And I know you're a big fan of them. Oh. How hard is that beat, though? How hard is that beat? It is oh. to me. It is the greatest instrumental of all time. I agree. With my favorite instrumental, I'm sorry. I love Dilla. I love yeah. all my favorite producers, Timbo and Ninth. But that is the, my favorite instrumental of all time. Because <laughs> it just it says so much about life that I can't even put into words. But uh, that was the first thing we rapped on. But we got to a point where we started circulating our mixtape around and realizing, oh, so everybody has everybody know about this Napster thing, huh? Right. So right. I guess they all using the same beat, <laughs> and so. My buddy was like, man, we got to have some original music. We, we reached out to people who was making music, and they was like, oh, no, nah, uh, $700 for a beat that you don't own, mm. but everybody else can, can uh, it's like a lease. Yeah, a lease beats. Beat. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. In, we in high school. We look at <laughs> each other like, you got 700 Because I surely don't have $700. And, <laughs> and working at Quiznos, you weren't making no $700, right? So, well, yeah, no, this, I, this, so I my homework. <laughs> Mind you, this is when I'm 17. This is this is years before my first job. Right. right. So I okay. Job at the time, and I'm looking at him like, uh, <laughs> what, what's the plan? And he said, "Man, one of us gonna have to be a producer." And we just stared at each other for about six, about 16 seconds. And he was like, "One of us got to be a producer." And wait another another 15 minutes, 15 seconds. He's like, "One of us got to be a producer." And I was like, "I think." I get what you're saying, but I'm not listening. And so on a chance encounter, we were going to get, uh, I don't know if it's a long story, on a chance encounter, we went to go get NBA 2K3, oh, yeah. I think it was, uh-huh. and uh, on a, on Dreamcast. It shows you my, my age there. On Dreamcast. <laughs> Dreamcast. And so <laughs> we went into that store looking for that game, and in the midst of that, I I made this, uh, and I don't feel like it was by accident. I feel like I was right. led there, but I went to the back where they had the used games. Mm-hmm. And in this used game section, they had something there called MTV Music Generator for PlayStation. Yes, 1. I remember that. I remember that. Oh my gosh! It, 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 if you read read the back of it, it said this is music making, uh, 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 you know, video game for the PlayStation console. And I had a PlayStation. I couldn't afford a Dreamcast, but sure. I had a PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, I said, man, my my, my buddy name was Keaton. I said, Keaton, man, I said. We may have to get 2K3 later, bro. Look at this. And it came red, red instructions, red what it can do. You can do hip-hop. You can do house. You can do all it. I was like, oh, man, this might be what we need. Bro. Right. And so we had to make a big boy decision. 24 hours later, we slept on it, came back. We got the game. We split our money because we, uh, you know, we was, we, at the time, we was buying games together. Right. And he was like, he's like, all right, look, I ain't going to put this on you. I'm going to mess with it for a little bit, and then you mess with it. And when that game came to me, it never came back. So... <laughs> <laughs> that that is lost the next fifteen years of my yeah, career. of course, <laughs> you know. But that PlayStation game gave me the structure, gave me my exposure to making music. Uh, you know, which right. says a lot about you know the, the way that music was kind of being put together it was the beginning stages of home studios becoming right. more common. Right, because I, I remember, you know, I'm, I'm I'm a little older than you. Okay, a lot older than you, but I remember having to oh, save, <laughs> and I worked at Del Taco, and I saved <laughs> all my Del Taco money to go into the studio. For, you know, an engineer that didn't give a damn, didn't want to be there in the first place. And, you know, you give me your $125, $150 a pop. And that's like in the early 90s I'm doing that, okay? Right. And, 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 and instead of brothers trying to get their music together, all of them just want to be in the studio because it's a cool thing to say. I'm like, yo, let's get to work. We're paying for this. You know, they want to be out there mm-hmm. smoking blunts, drinking. Right. Getting uh, the shorties yeah, around, you know. And it, right. So, so right. yeah, so I was like a little bit like. Okay, I need to figure out a way to do the home studio thing, and and, and I, I I remember that time clearly what you're talking about because it's like man, I could do this by myself. I don't need to pay people 125 dollars an hour, 
man, I'm with it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just so much more convenient when you know that, like, you know, because, you know, back in the day, you paying, well, today still is like that, but, like, you paying about an hour. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And you better be prepared, because if you ain't prepared, like, like that's, that's mm. coming out of your pocket. That, yep. that engineer is not going to tell you, man, you speed it up, because it's going to cost a lot of money. They trying to milk all yep. they can. Yes, they time. will. So, <laughs> you know, the convenience of being able to do this stuff from home, and, and that's why I never really understood the idea of, you know, uh, uh, going to a major studio. Yeah. And for the first time, that was something that wasn't such a, I mean, you got to understand at that time, not you to understand that, but the audience got to understand that that sure. was a controversial thing. Right. To, to, you're going to make music at home. At what home. equipment? You ain't, you ain't got a thousand. You need thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And you need Dr. Dre on the switches. And you need, like, man, no. Exactly. I know. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know how it go. You sell people your dream. They're like, what? what? You working with who? Where? And you're what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and you know, you, what you realize is that you know not everybody had ill ill intentions making those suggestions. It's just that they could not see beyond their own right. their own uh, uh, limitations. Like, how are you gonna do that? I got. I actually got a job. You ain't got no job. How are you fit to do right. that? And, <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's unwarranted. Like, I understand those concerns because some, some people also, too, come from a place of love. And that's something I couldn't recognize when I was younger. Right. Is that, like, even my, my, my pops, my pops, you know, mind you, he, he comes from a, 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 you know, a school a school background of, mm -hmm. of being, he's, he's a professor to this day. Right. And, um, you know, my mom's is all about, you know, you got to get out there and work if you're not going to school. <laughs> it was just something that where it's like, she's into music. My mom's played the piano for over 30 something years, but it right. still didn't immediately fit in that can you make this into a business? Right. Nobody could have predicted that it would get to here. I mean, even myself, you can't imagine. I mean, you can only imagine how much doubt I've had to have over the years when things didn't go according to plan, when, you know, when, when, when all of these opportunities that I got to work with these, these major artists didn't always equal out to money. Right. It's like, yo, how long can we do this to even keep this uh, afloat? Right. So you have your moments. Oh, absolutely. You're listening to Curtis King on the Big Brother Jake podcast. My man has a story to tell. So I want to I want to take you here. All right. So because I followed you and, and, and I've really admired your road to success, your Quiznos days. <laughs> oh, man. See, oh, man. You want to get into those? I, I do because because you it's a great story <laughs> to tell. You know, you were there and you hated it. We've all had that one job where we say, you know what, to hell with this. This is the reason why I'm going to be successful and I'm going to jump off and do something great. Exactly right, brother. And so I, tell that story. You're at Quiznos. You're frustrated. You're trying to get the music thing going. Mm -hmm. Tell me what it's like. Take us to that time. What's going through your mind, brother? Well, in that time period, it was like, you know, even even the idea of getting a job was something that you know a lot of kids my age were excited about because that meant that they could buy things. But right. I had to kind of get a job because you know my 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 back was against the wall and that my grandfather had invested in, in a, you know thank God he was around to even give you know get me a car. Right. But even like it wasn't like we came for money, so it wasn't well, like sure. you want to get what you want to get. You want to get them. <laughs> you want to get your little FUBU shirts and all that stuff back then? <laughs> well, you, better have, you better have yourself a job. That Damn right. Cross covers. Money, like, you got some McDonald's money? You got, some, you got McDonald's money? Like they were, <laughs> what the mamas used to say, like, no, that's, that's something I had to come to terms with and right. realize, okay, it's one of the things where, where, where I knew that here I am, my back's against the wall, and, um, and, and, and I know I got 
bills before I could even <laughs> build up any credit. I got a cell phone because right. I'm trying to go out on dates. I'm trying to be, you know, trying to do that thing too. And so it was like my all my money that was coming in was already spoken for before right. I even had the job. So when I finally had the job and finally worked overtime, I had a little bit of extra spending money, but I was putting most of that towards music. So right. Um, but I could tell you, you know, I, I sympathize with a lot of folks who, you know, kind of have to split up their time with what they love. They have to split it up with something that is a necessity. Right. And, you know, it makes you start to regret the very thing that finances the dream because mm-hmm. it takes away so much time away from it. So I was no different in that. I, I, I was not I was not looking forward to waking up every single day and arguing with a customer about whether or not they I, I, they, they told me to put tomatoes and onions on a sandwich. <laughs> that ain't, that didn't get me excited, right? Right, right. Excited with knowing like after I'm done cutting this block of cheese, I can go home and start working on music. But it just became uh, like an endless cycle where you know those anybody who works in food knows. You never, you never clock out. You no. never clock out. You still smell like the food. Yes, Even you do. All day, shower, all day long, bro. All day long. I know. Yeah, I so smell like those beans like, at Del Taco, bro. Oh, man. You know. You know, bro. I, I do. Smell, I smell like turkey ranch and Swiss mixed with chicken mixed with carbonara sauce. If anybody knows about carbonara sauce, you can literally feel it clogging your arteries as you eat it, but it's so good. And so... And mind you, we around like younger, younger folks who, right. you know, our stomachs was different at that point. In uh-huh. time. Folks like mixing together chili and carbonara <laughs> sauce. and like, you need to try this little mix right here. And I'm just like, my stomach is not forgiving me. I'm right. here. And so, you know, we had, I had great moments in which, you know, when I, when I became, when I became a manager there, mm-hmm. you know, I was kind of a part of the hiring process, uh, except the day that they hired some guy named, I don't know if anybody's ever heard of this battle rapper named Daylight. Oh yeah, she worked at the, I, she totally. worked at Quiznos. She worked at Quiznos with me. That 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 okay. That cat's already wild. I can imagine him at Quiznos. Oh my! This is pre. <laughs> this is pre daylight. He was still daylight, but he wasn't daylight the troll. Okay. At that point, to me, he was just daylight the liar. Right. He just lied about everything. Like, and he would tell these these, these like outrageous lies. Yeah. Back then it wasn't called trolling, but he was so ahead of his time. Uh uh-huh. He was trolling. He would tell me stuff like he would come into work. <laughs> he, he, he always cracked when I told this story. He would come into work limping. And I'm like, man, you good? Something happened? He's like, man, I was at the 24-hour gym. I was like, oh, you hurt yourself playing ball? He was like, man, it wasn't even that, though. Like, I I kicked the basketball off the rim and um, straight face, straight face, straight face. I kicked the basketball off the rim and um, folks is tripping out over there when I did it. But, like, I really, I really hurt myself. And I'm like, I'm like low-key half laughing, half like – are you being for real? Like, I know that's not humanly possible. It's 10 feet. Like, yeah, I just kicked the basketball off the rim. And he told me that, like, one time he told me, oh, he said, he said, uh, see, see, see what happened when you, when you signed me up for this? You've been cracking up the whole nah, time. You know, and I, that's what I do, man. We're here to have a good time. So my <laughs> listeners, bro, we can do this all night. <laughs> okay, okay, good. You good, got good. all the time in the world, Curtis. You do it's you, brother. Good. It's all good. I was going to say, man, he, he came in another time. He was like, yo, Curtis, man, you ever worked on an MPC? And I was like, yeah, y'all worked on an MPC. For those that don't know, it's a little, little drum, mm-hmm. like a physical drum program that you, you know, you can kind of program your drums into. Mm. And so I was like, I, you know, I, I never really dabbled with it. He was like, yeah, man, the first time I ever messed with one was in DJ Quick Studio. And I was like, oh, for real? He was like, yeah. His studio had everything in it was red. Everything. Like, doorknobs. And I was just sitting there like... Is he being for real right now, or is he like, like you know, he's pulling right. a leg right now? And I, but but the more the more I started to understand it, 
the more I started realizing that is his brilliance today. It's his ability to to use people's assumptions yes. uh, against themselves, and that works so well for him in the battle battle rap world. Yeah, he's yeah, that he's was some one of the, the OGs, man, of battle rap. Oh man, man, he, man he's, he's such a control over the mind. Yes, he was brilliant then. He's brilliant now, even more brilliant now. But that, those are some of the highlights: meeting people like him, being able to hire some of my best friends from high school, right, and, and being able to have like these moments that I never forget. But you know, at, at some point, it just became like. Like, I feel like I have like a, like, I feel like I start twitching if I just start smelling too many of the, the wrong sausage. <laughs> I get in the quiz nose, I just start twitching. I'm like, I start thinking about how, oh my, because it, it was things that was happening there. Like, the, man, I ain't going to put the owner out there That's by okay. name, but he, he, he used to do stuff, man, like turn the AC off during the summertime and tell us that it was broke. Oh, and then, come on, then he'd, dog. <laughs> then he'd leave, and I, I, I was the only one that was like, I don't care. I'm finna turn this on. I'm about to see what's gonna happen. <laughs> and then I flip it on, and that thing start come out crispy cold, like super, it's all icy. And I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So you trying to save money? You trying to save bills? Trying to save he money? Stuff like I be sitting there mopping, mopping at the end because I used to close shit. Yeah, I'd be mopping. I be getting the money right. Right. Put it in the safe. Uh-huh. And as soon as I'm ready to leave, and I'm already been there two hours after they close, which is not normal. I'm there. I go home. The last one closes. I send people home. I get a phone call. <laughs> this man had a camera oh. that was inside of the office that was accessible from his laptop, no matter where wow. he was in the world. He said, uh, could you please go get that uh, that cookie that's sitting on top of the oven? It's, it's, it's going to melt the next day, and I don't want to <laughs> lose money on supplies. And I'm looking at the camera. like I'm not even look, looking at the phone. I'm looking at the camera like, bruh, you know I'm trying to go home. You really got me in here like 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 straightening up dishes oh, for the next morning. Man. I'm like you just it just a, it just became a power trip. And so, right, of course. You know, I I think that my 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 breaking moment though was, mm-hmm. was more serious because I told him I said I'm gonna have to like take less time here because I'm gonna go back to school. Right. Because I had been out of college at the time. And he was mm-hmm. like, "What are you going back to school for?" And I was like, "Well, for music and for marketing." He said, "He said you 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 don't have to do that." He said, "You can just learn learn that stuff like by yourself and." He said, you can go to Quizno school instead. Oh, my I said, God. School? What? He said that. I said, I said Quizno <laughs> school? I said, what is that? I said, what is that? He said, oh, it's where they teach you how to become, like, you know, a manager, and then you can become a franchise owner. Mm. I said, oh, you think my, my trajectory is pointing? <laughs> I'm, I'm not getting on nobody that owns a Quizno. Right. I think any entrepreneurship is amazing. But right. you think that that's what I'm reaching for is, is – Maybe one day I can be you. No, I got some <laughs> other things that I got on my mind. Things that I want to get accomplished. And when that happened, it was a very humbling moment where I said, "Okay, sometimes people have a limit, limited view up, viewpoint upon you because you continue to say yes right. to situations that you know better than to say yes." And Absolutely. So, you know, it was almost like I was. I felt I didn't recognize it at the time, but I was. I was bred to be a leader, but I was in a follower position, and because of that, uh, uh, friction occurred. Right, friction okay. occurred between me and the manager mm-hmm. there, and me and the owner there. Like I would say things that other people wouldn't say because they knew it wasn't right. Like him trying to pay us some personal checks Ooh, that ain't legal. No, that ain't legal. You can't pay payroll out of your. You can't no. pay payroll out of your Bank of America. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's not then, janky at all, man. <laughs> oh my god! And then, then, then he would do it. He would do it after 
you would do it on a weekend, knowing dog mm-hmm. where we didn't get that money until Monday. Right. And then and then we get the money on then we get the money on Monday. We got to check in before we got our last check for the last two weeks. Wow. Clock in, right? So it was it, it was enough things that happened to where it was like, you know what? Is the job a bad job, or is it my bad decision making keeping me here? Right. Right. And you put and it so that way. A, wow. Man, I had a moment of clarity where where this reoccurring theme of, 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 you know, something I learned from, I know he, he ain't the, he ain't the most popular name right now, but Tony Robbins right. would say, you know, what <laughs> life is, life is happening is constantly happening for you and not to you. Mm. And now I become a reoccurring theme, no matter what I got into. And I realized Quiznos didn't happen to me. It happened for me. Right. All those experiences carry on to my work ethic today. My, my ability to run my own business better than that owner ran his own Quiznos. I needed that experience to see what not to do. Absolutely. Again, you're listening to producer, rapper, and entrepreneur Curtis King on the Big Brother Jake podcast. So you go through the Quiznos experience, and it happened to you, okay? And right. you learn from it. So then, no, for, for me, for me, for you, yes. For Let me get that right. Let me get that right. Mm-hmm. That wasn't in Wikipedia, mm-hmm. so I messed that up. So, <laughs> <laughs> so then you catch on and and, and and you 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 get put on and with with some scrubs. Um, Named Kendrick Lamar and Ab Soul and um, yeah, who are these guys? yeah, who? How does that happen? Because you, you know, I love your hustle, man. <laughs> so you go for Quiznos. Yeah. You already learned some stuff, and you're mad that you you, you were there. You're moving on. How does that right. happen? You you link up with now some of the biggest acts in the world right now, man. Well, I, I could tell you this. This was this was attributed to you know. Um, my willingness to want to work outside of my comfort zone. At that time, I had worked with so many artists that I went to high school with. I worked with myself, but I was right. like, I want to challenge myself. I was like, I feel like in this place, I'm not going to grow until I find lyricists, until I find, you know, producers to collaborate with right. that are going to basically make me have to step my game up. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, I came across um, this rapper named uh, Ben Grimm, right? And, and mm-hmm. somebody's still one of my good friends today. I, I found him on MySpace through one of my mutual friends. I'm like, you should check him out if you want to work with somebody that's local. And he was living in Carson at the time. I was in Carson as well. Okay. And so I didn't know him, but I thought he was amazing. I was like, man, you know, I want to invite you over to my home studio. And anybody who knows like Carson uh, <laughs> Compton at that time, that that wasn't something that was common. You don't just invite strangers. No, to not Cabbage Patch Carson, bro. No, I know. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> like, don't don't let the suburban. Look for you. Don't let these, these you know, these nice cars in the, in, in, in the mm-hmm. driveway fool you. A lot of folks go there to get away from their problems yes. in Compton because it's right next door. Yes, sir. Or Long Beach. Uh-huh. So they get there because they got somebody in their family that got a little money mm-hmm. or, 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 you know, and decided that's where they wanted to move to. But it's a lot there that, that you know, there's a reason why Home Depot Center took so long to, <laughs> to, to get into that area. A lot of things had to change. Oh right? yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know if anybody remember, like, like even like beyond just the the, the general violence, but like the the the, the toxicity, the toxic, whatever you I even said, the toxic in the air, man. Yeah, that, oh that, yeah. The refineries mm-hmm. and where they where they originally wanted to put the stadium over there by the by the freeway. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on that that prevented. Like I remember the Chargers gonna go there for a second, right? Yes, sir. Was, yes, sir. But that being said, that was where I was from in in. That was the decision that went into my mind. These things going to my mind before I make the decision to invite somebody, not over my house, but over my grandparents' house that yeah. lived in Carson. But I made the decision, 
and they ended up being some of the the, the most kind and most respectful people I could have invited over. Mm-hmm. Eventually, this guy Grim says, "Man, you got to hear my other other boy. His name is Ass Soul. Mm. He's like, man, he he's he's a truth. He, he's a future. He sounds like a young Jay Z." And I'm like, everybody bigs up their boys, of but, course, but <laughs> right. But I listened to him, man. I listened to him, and I remember he said mm. something like, "He said, uh, you know, at the time, everybody was talking about their diamonds, even if they didn't have them." But he said, "There, forget a line." He said. Uh, uh, blue and yellow diamonds in my eye. He said, "He said blue and yellow diamonds in my ears. Call it IKEA." I was like, oh. "Ooh, I was like, ooh, okay." Oh, he got a little something for somebody young. I was like, "Oh, that's the bar back there." <laughs> and so he says something to that. I'm out of bushes in line, but he came over to the house, and I remember to never forget. He was the first person I ever saw. Absol was the first person I ever saw that wrote an entire verse, literally sitting down, mumbling to himself in a chair. Mm. I thought he didn't like the beat because one of my beats. Okay. But he sat there for about 15, 20 minutes and he just stood up and he said, All right, I'm ready. And I'm like, Damn. You don't need, you, you <laughs> don't need a pen and paper? <laughs> you don't need a pen and paper? But I'm telling you, man, we, a lot of these kids, man, they, you know, at that time we was all kids, but right. they show you glimpses of greatness, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and that's a moment that I'll never forget. And so he got up, he started, he started to, to recite his verse. He might have messed up one time. Okay. And then he, he was like, Running back. And he delivered it again, mm. and I was like, it's the most amazing thing that I heard, heard next to, you know, Grimm was an amazing artist as well. Right. So from there, I said, you know what? I don't know how it looks, but I need to work with an artist like you as well as a Grimm because you guys make me step my game up. At the time, I was playing the role of a, a rapper, producer, mm-hmm. and engineer. Right. So I had to step my game up to record them. And, man, mm-hmm. he said, yeah. He said, yeah. He said, man, I, I definitely will record with you. And he came back to the crib, and it gave me hope when I was working at Quiznos, knowing that I was going to work with somebody like that when I got off. Right. That gave that, that pushed me through my day. And so eventually I kept working with him. We put a bunch of songs together, and then he gets signed to this label. I don't know if anybody heard, ever heard of TDE or something like that. <laughs> I, I you might know, have. Dog yeah, I you think might I, heard about it. I might have heard it. Okay. I might have heard about okay. it. <laughs> you know, they, 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 they kind of, I mean, more people have kind of heard them worldwide. You yeah, know, maybe. You know, yeah, maybe. A little maybe upstart a company, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I mean, that gives me, like, literally when he signs there, he's like, look, I'm going to take a CD full of beats that you give me, and I'm going to float it around the studio. Mm. Come to find out one of the first beats, it was a terrible beat, one of the first beats that Schoolboy Q rapped over to audition himself to become a part of TDE. Yeah. Curtis King beat. Oh, wow. Wow. A beat with a bunch of guns. <laughs> I beat with a bunch of gunshots and a bunch of eight away because I was hoping J Rock was gonna rap J Rock was the hottest thing. Yeah, yeah. Right? He was the hottest thing, but but Schoolboy Q ended up rapping over that and um it's crazy, man. It's just crazy how that played out. Because wow. that played out, that opened the door up to me coming into the studio because at the time, like like I said, Kendrick Lamar wasn't Kendrick Lamar, he of was K Dot. Yeah, K Dot. He was pretty much pretty much like the young the young bull, the, 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 the hype man for, for J-Rock. He was going on tour with him. Mm-hmm. And so I remember going into the studio and I said to myself, I said, you know what? I am nowhere near being the most talented person in this room, but I know that if I continue to be good energy, mm-hmm. and if I continue to to be flexible in terms of – because I used to work on many different things. I, I was an artist, a bit graphic artist. I was a video editor. I was like, man, somehow, some way, I got to continue to work with these guys because these guys are, are even another level up. Right, what I'm talking about. Right, and so there were situations in which Abso would sit there and be like, "Man, um, my graphic designer is tripping," and I'd be like, uh, "I could do your graphic design." <laughs> and I'm like, "What are you doing? You can't do that." And because I did that, 
It gave me an opportunity to stay in a room. Yeah. That's all you need to sit at the table, man. That's all you need. Man, sit there long <laughs> enough, they're going to ask what you do. You're damn right. And then maybe ask what you want. <laughs> exactly. What you want, right? What and you want, so, what you need. And so part of the beats that I sent to Ab Soul on that CD ended up being the first first song that you ever heard Kendrick Lamar and Ab Soul on, uh, on an official project. And it was on uh, Long Term One, a mm-hmm. song called Watch Your Lady. Yes. And I'll... And it's crazy because I remember at the time, like I was slightly disappointed because I, I was like, man, I want the one with J Rock on it. I was like, J Rock was like that guy at the time. Yeah. How stupid? How stupid was that? Because like, look at look at look at look at this look at this this guy named Kendrick come around and and just literally become the one of the biggest artists of our generation of all time. All time. I'm very glad that I got that now. I'm like, a oh yeah. Sec, I'm like you tripping, tripping. I'm glad I got that. But, that opened up the opportunities, and obviously we did more records along the way. Right, um, right. But, you know, one thing led to another. I mean, honestly, my work with Absol is what led to my work with MERS and all that good stuff. Yeah, and I want yeah, you to talk. That came about. And I didn't mean to cut you. I want to I talk about that. So you went on a full campaign because MERS did the pay your dues uh, concerts, you know, mm-hmm. the tour, and you campaigned hard. I made sure I retweeted it because I was following your story, <laughs> and, and I knew you was living in the IE at the time. And I'm like, that's an yeah. IE boy, and I'm an IE boy. I'm from the Dino. I'm like, I, I gotta Man. see the, D- I gotta see somebody from the IE repping with Mers. And when you got it, I was like mad happy for you. I didn't even know you. I didn't even know you like that. Yeah. Tell, tell, yeah. Tell the people. Tell my audience. What it's like, well, you I get see. picked up by one of the dopest MCs of all time with MERS, and you're right. on a tour across the country. Right, right. Well, I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't highlight that, especially showing your support without highlighting the fact that you gave me my first radio play, oh. albeit not not on a music radio station. You did it on a on, 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 on Fox. I like, I, you know how you know how many rappers was mad at me? Really? No, that's what crazy. You, what you mean? You gotta like? I'm trying to get over here on you know they're trying to get on all the, all the main radio stations or whatnot. They're like, what you mean you on Fox Sports Radio? I'm trying to get on Fox Sports. What? How you do that? And I'm like, man, oh, God man. is good. And, and Brother Drake, like, he, he got my back. But that's what I'm saying is that that, so that kind of support, wow. it translates over to what MERS is seeing. Right. You're not just seeing somebody who's on Twitter, right. you know, tweeting a million times. Yeah, hey, trying to get clout and buzz. Me on. Yeah. Nah, he sees, a, he sees a movement that goes all around. And right. what I tell people is that so many things happen from from when people feel your energy, when people know your heart it moves through them a little bit differently. It's not about like, well, oh, I paid this person to do this. Mm-hmm. Or they, folks want to, folks want to help people that first help themselves. Absolutely. And so no, nobody could deny my work ethic. They saw it was, I was after they saw you that were no every day, happened. all day. <laughs> oh man. And, and they knew no matter what happened, that wasn't going to deter me. I was going to continue to keep working. And right. So, Folks like yourself saw it, you know, uh, other support from other radio stations. My, even my mom's came in and did a video <laughs> where she basically was talking yeah. on my behalf. And, yeah. and that, that led to me being on, on, on paid dues festival, mm. which is, you know, at the time was, it was the biggest yes. hip hop festival in the world. Absolutely. And, um, man, I'm on the same bill as like, you know, Wu-Tang right. and, 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 uh, you know, Tyler, the creator, uh-huh. all these, our future at the time. And, uh, you know the homegirl reverie and all these different uh-huh. folks. It's just amazing that that it even happened. But you know it did happen, and it launched a lot of relationships. One being minds with Mers. Yeah. Uh, I think a year later, the conversation came up about us going on tour uh, mm-hmm. when I was with the label Black Cloud. And so you know it was a, an un, 
unforgettable experience that right. literally allowed me to travel for two months away from home and yeah. go to uh, 50 cities and 25 states in less than two months. Yeah, and I loved um, you were posting on Twitter and it'd be like, man, all this cat's in this city now. And, you know, just oh, just man, the joy I, you had yeah. with every tweet you were putting out and every post. I was like, man, this brother's living the dream that everybody wants to live. But you earned man. it. Like, you earned it. And and I appreciate the love with the Fox thing because, you know, you had over a million listeners listening to your music at the time. Just know that. Man, and and uh, people, were, people were like, who's this cat? <laughs> who's this Curtis King cat? You got to play this. So I, I made that part of the rotation. I was trying to get your, your music out there. You didn't really need me because you was already on your way. But my goodness. I didn't man, have, you, no, you, you mean I didn't need you. I didn't have a million people. I didn't have a million folks checking on me. I ain't need you. What you mean? You, Bro, need, every, you need everybody. <laughs> I, I used to have a buddy, and I thought it was the funniest thing. Uh-huh. We'd be, we would all be hanging out as a, as, a, as a label, and he would just open the door for random people. He was like, they go an album sale right there. Every time he would do something nice, it was an album sale. So it, it, what, it, what it did was it instilled in us the, the thought that you need everything and everybody that is involved in the process, and they all play a role. So, nah, heck no. Nah, I, I can't even like sit up here and be like, nah, I, I a million i could have done without that no i don't know what that you could have exposed me to a super fan that is that invests you know a thousand dollars a month or a thousand dollars a year into what i'm doing and, and, and you just never know what right because I, I just you know how, how these relationships oh yeah built. man so they're all sudden yeah everything i appreciate you to this day oh, man, the fact please. that i still remember it ain't like i forgot none of that nah, heck no, I bro you'd be surprised man because I, I i i don't like i don't do it for for like but you, the admiration or or getting love like on the radio, but it doesn't hurt. But what I'm saying is yeah, like, it never but but I like that that really means a lot to me, man, and I really appreciate that. But I saw what you were trying to do, and I saw your movement, and there's no way I couldn't root for you, man. You know, and and and, and, and you, you know you you do this tour, and everything turns out good. Uh, again, y'all listening to Curtis King, producer, rapper, entrepreneur on the Big Brother Jake podcast. So you do the tour, you come off tour. Things change a little bit with your record label. Things start getting a little funny personally. Mm-hmm. You hit a really dark place. Take me to that time where you're like, okay, you were like way up there. You know what you thought was like the pinnacle probably to like, damn, I'm back down here. How did you pick yeah, yourself well, up from that place to where you're at now? So I'm going to jump around the story. A Please bunch do. You know, there's, there's a lot of folks that 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 you know I, I definitely don't want to mention because sure. of, no, that's you fine. Know, I, I, like I said, I want I want to make sure I respect their privacy and whatnot. But, I'll do it. You know, I don't care. Not that, I'm just kidding. No, 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 please don't. Please don't. Please don't. You know, I don't even want that smoke. I want nah, to leave nah, it alone and I, move I, on. I mean, that's all. Life is in a whole other place. <laughs> nah, I feel you. It's just one of the things where it's like, man, like you know, you you get to a point where you realize that there's a certain urgency in you, right? right? Somebody, some people describe it as hunger. Some people describe it as like an insatiable tenacity that you want to just get after something. And when you explain it to other people, uh-huh. we've all had moments in which we explain something with so much passion and people may even get excited with us, but they can't articulate exactly what we're articulating mm-hmm. or maybe they kind of try to take the life out of it because they think that we're just being emotional and, 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 and reactionary. But I, I was convinced there was something else I should be doing. It's something right. bigger. And I tried to explain that to my brothers in, in Black Cloud. And mm-hmm. I think they understood, but not to the, the, they didn't understand the length of the urgency. And so as life changed, as personal situations changed, I made an exit from the group. Right. And um, obviously it got met with a lot of controversy. People mm-hmm. thought like, oh, he, he just, he's out for himself. And, 
you know, all these different things that, that are happening, you know, even from there, like I made another transition, uh, you know, in the relationship I was in and, and, and I just kept making transitions. And what I found was that whether it was business or professional, mm-hmm. there's this thing that I've been saying that has all rang true. Whenever you put a leader in a follower position, life gets life gets fucked up. Right. How about that? that that's okay, the best way you can put it. <laughs> right? I, 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 and I know I, you told you gave me a, a, a green I, light, I, bro. I, 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 I got the green light. You got the green light. Say the words say you want to say, brother. <laughs> I can say shit. How that's that? right. I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I'm playing. I'm playing. But no, I, I had my moment, man. I had my moment where I was realizing, like, man, why is it that when I try to align with this label or align with this artist, I always find myself in pain? Right. Oh, because I'm not meant to follow. Right. It was like God kept reminding me, stop following, son. You are a leader. You have been bred to be a leader. That's right. Every time you put yourself in a, in a, in a I mean, I went from, you know, being in the, in, the, in the label situation to, you know, being in, 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 in a management situation where the manager was really the leader of, of, of my of my ship and my destination. And it just didn't work exactly according to plan. Mm-hmm. You know, and it wasn't because they were bad. I mean, they were trying to lead the way because they had a vision as well. But once again, life starts reminding you, man, why doesn't this why isn't this album connecting the way that I want it? Right. Why aren't the shows happening like that I want to? Ah, uh, maybe it has something to do with once again, you're a, a leader being put in a follower, follower position. position. Absolutely. And so and so in the same way that no matter how much you squirm your feet, if a shoe don't fit, it ain't going to fit. No matter right. what you do, you can scrunch your toes up. It's just <laughs> uncomfortable. And so that's how I felt like I was in position. I was in positions that made me a follower. And so it wasn't until I read a book called The Go-Giver that I decided to start thinking outside the box. Because I think the year was 2015. Mm-hmm. I think I just had like hip hop dx which is like one of the biggest hip hop yeah. blogs that i had one of the top 25 albums of the year mm-hmm. and this album called raging waters yes I finally started putting music together the way i wanted to everything should be perfect right I worked with all the artists i put a vision together i'm working with people that i never thought i'd be working with it should all be good but it wasn't mm-hmm. why because i was unhappy and i was unfulfilled right and it, it took me reading a book called the go-giver Mm-hmm. It took me listening to a podcast called The Entrepreneurs on Fire by John Lee Dumas. It took me also going to an event called Unleash the Power Within by Tony Robbins. Right. That all of these things created a massive change in my life, but I had to be ready for the massive change. Yes. And I was supremely ready for something else because it was like, not to say like I, I reached my pinnacle as an artist, but mm-hmm. I had seen some things and I saw, I got a taste of, you know, vicariously through other artists yeah. that, 10 more years in this, even with more success, that ain't going to change your level of happiness or fulfillment if you're not attaining the things that make us happy and fulfilled. Right. If I break it down real quick, it's something I learned from the Unleash the Power Within event. We have six human needs. All of us mm-hmm. have six human needs. If you get three of them in any order, they can become an addiction. Mm. However, an addiction can be good, an addiction can be bad. Four of the needs are are uh, primal needs. Mm-hmm. Two of them are spiritual needs. Mm-hmm. If you do not find a way to bring those spiritual needs into it, you will not be happy and fulfilled. Let me listen for you. We all have a need for certainty. We want to make sure that when we, when we put our key inside the door, the door is going to open. Or put in our car is going to start. Right. We have a need for uncertainty. We love a surprise birthday party. We want a little bit of something different so life doesn't become mundane. Three, we have a need for significance. We want to feel like our name means something. Our voice means something. Four, we all have a need for love and connection with other human beings, right? Right. 
Not, but the two that we need the most that really make us feel happy and fulfilled is when we're growing and we're contributing to something bigger than us. Mm. Think about that. Now, now, let me show you how it works positively and negatively. Okay, break positive, it down. Positive, as a positive, a drug, somebody who's, who's, who's addicted to drugs, right? they get a certainty from knowing if I take these drugs, I'm going to have a certain reaction to them every single time. Right. Second, I feel significant because when I give this money to this drug dealer, he's going to give me whatever I want. Mm. Three, love and connection because every time I almost OD, people come to my hospital bed and tell me how much they're concerned about me and how much they love me. Wow. That becomes an addiction. But guess what? Guess what is missing? Growth and contribution. Mm. So somebody on the opposite end, say somebody who's into philanthropy, they get they get significance because, man, like I, I, my, my name, like I, it means something when I donate to these people. They, they look at me and say, thank you so much. I'm mm-hmm. so grateful for you. Mm-hmm. But they feel growth because maybe it's growth within their ability to give. There's growth within their gratefulness and then also contribution. They're contributing to something that's bigger than just their name or their business or their brand. Mm. Those things, you can get addicted to giving and it will literally change your life. Wow. So. When I understood that aspect, I realized, man, music is fulfilling my need for significance, my need for uncertainty, and my need for love and connection. But I'm not growing, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not growing spiritually, and I'm not, I'm not contributing to something that's bigger than me. Somebody could argue, oh, well, music does that, yeah, but there's limitations, right? Especially when you have the ability to teach people and and, and to make complex ideas become simplistic. That is a skill mm. that I did not know was a skill, and so. Fast forward, I understood these things. My life went underneath another massive shift where I was single again for the first time in six years. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I was in my first apartment by myself in a city that I had never really thought about living in, which was Redlands. Right. And I was like, man, I was here. I was in my own. I wasn't going to shows. I stopped rapping. I, I was low-key, like, slowing down on my production. I was, mm-hmm. doing, I was doing YouTube videos. Um, all this stuff that I was doing to really get into how do I find peace? How do I find uh, a, a way to grow and how do I find a way to contribute mm. and so in a matter of a few years that attitude raised my YouTube channel from 900 subscribers to over 145,000 mm. subscribers you know, full of rappers mm. and producers who want to learn something that nobody else was willing wow. to teach me when I was coming up and, and, and I'll say this again you're listening to Curtis King producer rapper entrepreneur on the Big Brother J podcast you first of all, you already raised the IQ with this podcast. Like, <laughs> you, you took it from GED to like doctorate level already. So I appreciate that. Oh part. man, I'll, I'll pre- I, I'm just repeating something, something I heard from somebody else. It's all good. Something that resonated with me. I'm just hoping it resonate with somebody else. I it, just it, I got my own unique way of, of, of t- telling. I feel and, like, and, and, and you are, and, and, and out of all of that craziness and, and good things, it's not so much crazy. I'm not dissing it. Sure, came what I think was one of your best works. Your album, Jubilee, that album, oh, Jubilee year, yeah, the Jubilee yeah. year was my. I'm t- I put Christmas lights up to that to that whole album. I drove to work back and forth to that album. I put so oh, many people you. onto that album. That is thank one of my you. favorite albums ever. I'm not just saying that because you're on the show. Trust me, I don't blow smoke up nobody's ass. That oh, yeah, album, the audience got to let me know because they be like, Week. Last week, you said no. Don't let you know. Don't let you know because my audience will call me out because I'll call myself out. But that mm-hmm. actually, that album actually like inspired me to do some things in life. 
Oh, it was right. one of my and, and, and with, with oh gosh, Leotis, your, your, your producer on that album. Yeah. You two have yeah, such yeah. a great chemistry that oh, man, there's no you. denying how dope it the, the the sound. Anyone that can flip the Carol Burnett theme and make it a dope <laughs> ass beat, and then you flow on it the way you did. Oh my God! When I heard that, I was like, oh, Yo, you, that's you so ill. Much. No man, man I'm I've telling been trying you. trying to flip that since <laughs> I was a kid, and I, and I happened to stay up at, at till three in the morning. And I heard these horns come in. And, dun, 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 dun. I said, what oh. is this? I said, why nobody flip this? Right? And so I've been, I've been tackling that sound oh, for years. Bro. And Gosh came in and just he just he he was like, sit down, old man. I'm going to show you how to do this. <laughs> and, um, man, that and album was I, amazing. I'm thankful for him. Oh, thank, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and, and you, can, mean, that, yeah. you can hear all the but, pain that you had and that you suffered through that album. Yeah. And, and I, I suggest anybody, it's on iTunes, the Jubilee Year. Curtis King, oh gosh, Leo, that you gotta download that. You gotta buy it. Thank you. That is one of my favorite albums of all time. I bump it at least once oh, a day. Man. I'm not kidding. I'm Thank not kidding, you. bro. Thank you, sir. And, I appreciate and, that, brother. <laughs> but but you know, I I I felt your pain, and, and you took everybody into you in your mind and what was going on, right. and you were so open right. and so honest with it, and, and and that's why I love that album so much. And, and, and I give it up on listening to the music, period. I was at a point where I stopped doing my music and, you know, I would just do production music for people for their websites or whatever. And I was just not, yeah, I wasn't yeah, inspired. Yeah. I heard that, man. I was I was making like 10 beats a day just going off that album because I was inspired, bro. And I, I want to oh, thank you man. for that. Man, that's, that's man, I, I, that, that just, I mean, every time I hear somebody's personal experience with it, it always means something. But me knowing, knowing you and, 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 and knowing like, you know how how much you've seen my growth and, oh, and yeah. how much even even you man your your own growth and <laughs> how you you turn this into such a such a strong brand and like no matter Thanks, what man. I always feel like you have never stopped moving. Oh, I don't you. know when you sleep. I don't know if you ever sleep. I think you might be one of those things that's like one percent that you know you just don't believe in sleep and like sleep be like well, it's cool. Like we, we understand our role. But, but sleep is just something that I just do. It's not that it's anything I look forward to. It's like I know I have to do it. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I look forward to it. You know, I like it. I like it. You know, I, the older I get, the more I tend to, you know, I'm like, you know what? This has its purpose. All I'm trying. Twenty one seven and all that stuff. Twenty one hours a day, seven nah. days a week. I was like, young Curtis, you was crazy. What's wrong with you? Don't get your sleep, man. You gonna you you got time. You got time to do some things, man. Get some rest because I tell you, man, like getting getting into this world, getting into to to doing like my sister came and visited me you know mm-hmm. and, and 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 uh you know she's because i'm in a new place now obviously right. you know my, my, my wife and my son a and beautiful my family is, by the way man thank you congratulations so like, my, my life is so much more different than 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 sinbad curtis yes I'm still jockey curtis those, <laughs> those years my life has shifted dramatically to where just responsibility has jumped up but mm. man like i i'm I, I cannot be more grateful and thankful for where i'm at but um, but 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 that being said, I mean, you know, th- these transitions are 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 they're everything. They're everything. Right. Like without 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 these opportunities to do this, um, I'm just even thankful for the the opportunity for me to even get back into music and be in a headspace to even do that because, mm. you know, a lot of things happen. I mean, everybody goes through things where right. it, it makes you question everything, mm-hmm. right? It, and and like I said, when I went to my, I had my apartment and I was starting from scratch. There were so many people that counted me out, so many people that wasn't checking up on mm-hmm. me, so many people that I've I have been here for in the industry. Oh yeah. And it was and I'm so thankful that they weren't there because it gave me an eye opening experience that right. everybody in this industry 
ain't your friend. That's that's for sure. That's why it's right? business, not friendness. You know, exactly. But understanding that, I had to take a sock to the chin because I was like, mm. it, it was hurtful. Yeah. What I realized is that that was the greatest gift they could ever give me because it helped me find peace. And in the midst of it, I was like, you know what? I'm probably going to be the type of person that's going to be single the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. I kid you not. One week into that apartment, a friend of mine tells me about this young lady that thought I was cute <laughs> that I met before, but I never said anything to right. her. And he was like, she thinks you're cute. And I was like, oh, whatever, man. I ain't really trying to date nobody. Right. She, she probably, she, she probably just saying that. <laughs> and, then she, and then she likes one of my pictures. And then my single self slides in her DM. <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, it wasn't bad. I wasn't. No, like, no, I know. I know. You're a gentleman, I brother. Like, I was just like, hi. 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 How are you? Hi. How you doing? What's going on? <laughs> right? And, and I had no idea that I'd be talking to my wife, my mm. future wife, and the mother of my child. Mm. But um, I, I believe it now when people say, when you see somebody, you just know. You, you know, you know. Yes, that and, I believe in that too, man. man Absolutely, I, I didn't believe it. I'll be honest, I did not believe. It. I thought it was something people <laughs> said because they in the moment. Because like, you, you believe that when y'all argued about taking the trash out, like y'all still believe that. Like I was like, uh, I believe that. But man, I tell you, I saw her. I had no, no freaking doubt in my mind. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, you know what? I didn't come across a lot of lot of beautiful folks, a lot yeah. of women in my life. I was like, but you know what? You might be my kryptonite. Mm. I said, I think I may become somebody daddy in a second. <laughs> I think I'm about to be somebody's father. And I, it sounds so crazy, but I told her like less than a month of us dating. And be, I said, mm. you know I'm gonna make you a mama, right? <laughs> she was like, what, shut up, like whatever. But she was, she was, she was like, the more we dated, the more she was like agreeing with it. And I was like. <laughs> Man, y- y'all want to y'all want to get a glimpse of how how beautiful this thing worked out? Bruh. We only our son is a year, and yes. guess what? We just had our first year anniversary. <laughs> so what that tell you? What that tell you? So well, well you yeah, you I'm, called your shot, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, like you gotta you gotta sometimes you just gotta shoot. You gotta shoot, shoot, shoot. If you go out for twenty five, you keep just shooting your night. You, you but keep you keep shooting. shooting. <laughs> you keep shooting. No, you don't never stop. You don't say, "I think I gotta hang it up after 12. No, no. you got about twelve more. You need to get out there because if you all you. If the game, if the game, you're down by two. You only need one three. That's right. <laughs> so even if you go one for twenty five, they remember that one. Remember the, the one game. you got. <laughs> exactly right. That was all I needed. But man, I you know I I, I tell you with some. For those that you know, for those out there that maybe are in the transitional period, I talked to one of my, you know, one of my members at Curtis King TV about this, and we're gonna um, get to that. By the way, we're gonna get to that oh, too. Yeah, for sure, because that that right there is my that's that's everything. To me I, right I know now. it but, is. We'll get to it, man. I talked to a member, and and they were basically saying that you know, because uh, I, I consult with a lot of rappers and producers all over the world, right? They were saying they're going through a transitional period, and I told them, I said. I know exactly what that period's like, and I know mm-hmm. how important your piece is, and really. Not just your your piece, but piecing together your identity and who you are. Right. That's a that's a tall order for somebody who hasn't had to do that for quite some time. And I I had six years where I you know I didn't have an opportunity to do it, and I finally did it. And sometimes we piece ourselves together. We don't like the person that we have in the piece together. And so I told him, I said, be careful of that time period because you're gonna learn some things about yourself. You're gonna get very specific about the things you don't like about yourself, and mm-hmm. you're gonna change them. 
And when you get specific about the things you don't like and even the things that you see in your ideal mate and the things that you don't want in your ideal mm-hmm. mate, be careful because she's going to come around. That's just the way the universe right. works. She's going to come around. And I kid you not, I made a list of these things. And I wrote them out. <laughs> and um, less than a week later, like, I, like it was magic. I'm almost this whole talk of it. You know, people talk about the, the law of attraction. I'm yes. like, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, I, I truly believe in it in that whatever it is that you want. What if, what if, what if you left this earth and, 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 and whoever you believe to be the creator, God, or whoever you believe in told you, you know, you could have had more if you just asked for it, right? Mm. How mad would you be? Mm. Yeah, I'd be pissed. <laughs> right? Now, take, now, I'll tell anybody, take that energy and go do something with that right now, mm. right? Mm-hmm. You got a song need to be wrote, written, write that song. You got a book that needs to be, write, write that book, man. Like, even if it's a terrible book, please write it. Just, because Yeah, get it out. Because the... Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Les Brown always says the the, the graveyard is the most is, is full of treasures, mm. untapped treasures. Mm. Mm. How many how many how many pop stars was there? How many singers was there? How many how many you know authors and how many teachers and how many future presidents were there as untapped potential? Mm. Literally because their own self limiting defeats. How many times have we stopped ourselves from our true potential, not because so-and-so is trying to hold us back, but because the fences that we build inside of our own head are stronger than any defense system that anybody else can, can, can put in front of us. It's the limitations we set on ourselves that be the, that be the ones that hit the hardest. Mm. Because no matter how much you grow, guess who's the biggest critic that's going to be around you? That voice in your head? Because it's like, oh, you changing? It's like the last time you're supposed to be changing? Remember having last time, right? We right back to the same thing. You sure that? Oh, 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 we reading a new book now today, huh? Oh, okay. You must be really going to change today, right? Mm. That voice knows you better than anybody else. That's why it's the most dangerous. So, you know, anybody in that space, I tell them, be careful because when you right. get specific, life starts to get specific with you. Mm. You start to get the things that you truly want. And I say, be, I say, be careful because that's when life becomes the greatest. You're listening to my man Curtis King on the Big Brother Jake podcast, Curtis. Now. Last question here. We're gonna wrap it up here, and we, okay. I've had a great time with you, man. By the way, this is this man, been a lot of fun. Same here. It's, same it's here, been a blast. Bro, I appreciate you. You, you got to come on more, okay? First please, of all, please, you got, you got, to send, you got to number. Send me an invite. <laughs> I, I got to say, there was you. You were real cryptic about a couple of months ago. Like I got something big that's popping off. I can't wait to tell y'all. And I'm right. because I follow you and I love your story, love what you do, and I ain't even met you yet. I'm like, what the hell else is he doing? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I'm a big fan of is when people get their first placements and mm-hmm. or their biggest placements. This right, brother right. right here, he goes big. Justin Timberlake <laughs> on a Levi's commercial? Oh, my gosh. I can't Tell me how you felt like when you better. heard the green light on that one. Oh, man. Like, I, I, it's funny because I, I listened to three in the morning before the day before I found out that I got the placement. Cause mind you, it wasn't a for sure go. Right. Like Justin Timberlake, his folks who represent him weren't the biggest fans of it, mm. but he heard it and he was like, Oh no, that's it. That's the wow. one. And, and, and I'm getting all of these stories relayed back to me. Cause we don't actually have contact in the situation. Sure. Cause you know how it goes. Like of I course. can't really get into too many details cause of the NWA, yep. the NWA, yeah. the NDA. <laughs> no, I get it, bro. <laughs> Imagine somebody send you a contract for NWA. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! I'd be the greatest contract ever. Like, oh, I, signed, I, I, I signed my Easy E. You mean John Hancock? Come on, my Easy E. Uh, He's a fool, <laughs> so, man. Like, 
man, like so, so I, I, you know, I, I, I went through the process, and I, I believe that, like I said, you're always being led. You're always being led to where you need to. Everything that I listen to is not. This conversation is not by chance. I don't believe in right. chance and luck no more. Right. That don't make, life is not as fun when you think think of things as chance and luck. But when I see, I sat there at three in the morning, and this random YouTube video pops up while I'm listening to like some some self-help stuff mm-hmm. uh this random video comes up talking about the power of detachment mm. and how everything that we want tends to come to us when we stop holding on to it so tightly wow yeah yeah how yeah. many how many blessings came to you when when you finally said you know what win lose or draw i'm just happy that you know that i'm in a place to even have an opportunity like this but if it doesn't happen i'm good oh yeah As matter of fact i'm gonna start actually physically moving towards if it doesn't happen, I'm going to go out elsewhere. And then the next day you get a call like, oh, yeah, by the way, you got that green light. It's mm. exactly what happened. And that's what mm. that, that the idea of detachment from these things that we want. If we want it, we should try our best to do everything opposite of what somebody does when they're obsessing over it. Mm. We should get to the point where it's like, you know, if it doesn't happen, it's probably good because that's going to be a distraction when I could have been working on other work. Right. Right. But guess what? Now that I don't want it, it's exactly what I want, and then, and then it comes to you. So mm. I kind of, I kind of, I, I, I listened to that the day before. I was in Marshalls with my lady, you know, my my wife. Excuse me. Oh, yeah, me you up. better get it right. Well, <laughs> shit, beat me up, come here, choke me out. I'm looking, right, looking off my shoulder right now. No, you say that might be baby number two with all that roughness. No, let me stop. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. And I, like I tell her, she she she, she threatened. She, she like she like she like. Ooh, I'm on. I'm gonna lay hands on you. I said, "Long as you're touching me, I ain't worried about that. Long as you're touching me, lump me up she if you like, want to. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Do what you do. Go ahead. Yeah, I gonna do it. Okay, but nah. But you were Marshall. Right. Sorry, man. I do that. I'm sorry. Uh, like, long as you're laying hands, ain't no. Ain't really no. What's really the? What's really the? The? the you know? What's really the? The negative uh, here? You know? It's there's none. It's a win-win, brother. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, a, <laughs> no. It's all good. It's all good. But um. Marshalls, you're in Marshalls with your wife, not your oh, lady, yeah, your wife. My, my wife, right? Yes, sir. We, we, walk into the, we walk into the aisles, and I think we like looking at some stuff, and all of a sudden I see an email pop up that said, uh, from the guy that was supposed to be, you know, brokering everything. He was uh-huh. like, Congratulations, Curtis. And I was like, All right, I know what this is. And mm-hmm. I, I read the rest, you know, mm-hmm. you get a preview mm-hmm. about your text. Mm-hmm. I read the rest of it and it said, you got approved, mm. you know, they're cutting the check, and that, and that check was, oh, my goodness, it was, it was nice. It was nice. It was nice. I'll just say it was nice. That's and all I'll you got to say, bro. I get it. It was nice. It was nice. You know, it's one of the things, you, you look at that, you say, all that's mine? Okay. okay. Wow. That's you, a- sure that, you sure that you, you sure ain't a typo. You put too many, <laughs> you, y'all put too many zeros in here. Stop playing with me. How many comments you got on this? Wow, what? <laughs> yeah, 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 man. I looked at that, I was like, man, because, like, you know, that's how it was presented to me. Right. And, you know, shout out to my big bro Murs. I mean, he is the he's the bridge mm. that even brought it to my radar because I told him I said, man, I'm even then I was on my ownership thing. Like I'm right. tired of having to submit to these companies. I'm mm-hmm. tired of having to like buy for their approval. I'm tired of them being like my my cosign and I, and them being my. I'm more. I know my value. Why do I got to keep proving it over and over again to an audience that is already indifferent about my accomplishments? Why can't I just? Why? Why am? Why is not what I want for myself enough? Mm. And then he brought this to my doorstep, and I was like, 
maybe I got time for one more. And so <laughs> I started working on it, man. And, and, and like in less than two weeks, man, they, mm. you know, we went through back and forth. We got this thing perfect. And they were on a deadline. I stayed professional. I got it done. And before I know it, man, like you get the approval mm. and, and they tell me when it's coming out. And then it's like, I had to stay tight lipped about it. I was like, yeah. man, I can't even share this. I had That's like, gotta be difficult. <laughs> oh man. When you say you got Justin Timberlake and Levi's mm. on a commercial that's going to be shown on television. Worldwide. Crazy. Mm. Man, that's the biggest <laughs> placement of my career. Right. And, um, you know, but at the same time, like people are like, man, so you'll get into the placement game. And I'm like, uh, not really. I'm, I'm actually going <laughs> to do what I'm doing already. Which, so, which is what we want to get to. Yeah, man. So, I mean, so, you know, my people probably think I'm crazy. Like, oh, that's Justin Timberlake. That changed your life. Mm. That's not how this game works. Right. That's right. not how this game works. It's, I it's mean, not. Rick Brother Jay, you know how it is. I it, do. It, it ain't just one chance encounter. As people say, like, oh, my mm. God, I met this person and my yeah. life changed. No, <laughs> even that requires, like, 15 more meetings. Yep. Yep. Right? You may think it's about that one, but no, it's about those little micro Oh yeah, meetings and those, and those phone text calls and meeting up, very yeah, yep. it's, driving it's all over, so flying all over. I get it, yeah. yeah ain't nobody you gonna meet. Ain't nope. nobody you gonna meet and tell you I'm gonna change your life today, except for a pimp. Right. <laughs> and there's I'm a lot of those in the life. business, brother. You know it's that. A lot. Oh, you know there's a lot of those. Man. I'm gonna change your life. I'm gonna change your life. Like that. And then somebody be like, "Really? You gonna do that? Yeah, I'm gonna do that. Just come with me. That's the pimp talking." <laughs> But the game changers happen in slow increments. It yes. happen. It's, it's, it's attributed to you getting up that morning. Right. What if you got up five minutes later? Mm. What if you decided, I'm not going out tonight, man. I'm tired. I got to go to work in the morning. Mm. But literally that chance encounter, like I, I think back even like when, when my, my brother Noah James was campaigning to get on paid dues right. the year before I did, uh-huh. he was like, Curtis, you want to roll over to this, uh, this meet and greet that MERS is having over in the skate shop in Sunset? I could have been like, man, I ain't trying to leave an IE for the for, for sunset, man. You know how long of a drive <laughs> the traffic and it's long. Yeah, traffic. Yeah. <laughs> but I said, yeah, good I for met you. Mers that day. Good and for Mers like, you. Curtis King, I've heard about you. Good mm. to meet you. Here's my email. Send me some beats. Mm. Wait, what? Damn. <laughs> so you know, but that happens. That that don't you know? You can't predict these things are going to happen. All you got to do is just keep putting one foot in front of the other and realize that. People love to help people that yes. will help themselves. Absolutely. First. And when I understood that idea, I just, I just, like I said, I, I, it ain't, you know, it's tunnel vision, man. There's so many things that, uh, that, you know, young rappers and producers get affected by clout and all these goofy words, goofy ass words that people like get so caught up in. And mm-hmm. it's like, man, if you just focus on one thing and become great at that, do you know that other people will start to treat you like you got the blueprints of success? All the things that they say are stupid today, they're going to be trying to copy your blueprint tomorrow. Mm, right? You know how many people told me not to get into YouTube that's making YouTube channels right now? Mm. Like, come on now. Like, mm. it's just, that's, that's, that, that is the lay of the land. It's neither bad, it's neither good. It just is what it is. Right. Understanding that, you know, one, a great quote that I heard recently is that leaders anticipate, losers react. Mm. Less reaction, less reaction, more doing, more getting the work done. You know, you we after when you get to your thirties, I always call the thirties your cheat code because after that, yeah. you just got cheat codes every. Yes, year. you do. Trust me, I'm in Man. my forties, and yes, 
You and your four. So I'm sure that you have seen scenarios play out, even though they may not be identical, even under the same uh-huh. people. But you already know oh, you how see, this is about to play you out. You see how it's gonna happen way down the road before it comes oh, to you, man. and you try to save the youngsters, and they don't listen to you, and oh, then they come no, up to you, and they be like, same scenario. Mm, yeah, no, nah, exactly. Yeah. And, and you seeing so, that now at your age? I'm starting to like see, like I think I'm at my beginning phase of seeing like. What I call my that's so Raven vision. Where she can see through the future. Like, I'm seeing, like, like you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm starting to see, like, my Professor X from X Men vision. I'm starting to see, like, oh, I'm developing a new skill set to where it's like, I can I can literally talk to a producer and I know exactly how they're feeling. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that's, that's the greatest feeling in the world to talk to somebody and say, I can, like, if, like, I literally, if I put myself in a position where I'm sitting like them, mm-hmm. I'm breathing like them, yeah. I'm talking at their tone, I know exactly how you feel. When I know mm. how you feel, I know the words that are going to actually help you and get my ego out the way as I'm trying to help you. Man, that's the greatest feeling in the world. And, and, and that's why, you know, now uh, I'm walking in the purpose that I'm walking with. Which is CurtisKingTV.com. Yes. This is everything. Yes. And let's talk about that. You're listening to Curtis King, producer, rapper, entrepreneur here on the Big Brother Jake podcast. Wrapping it up here. Curtis, now you got something. You carved out another niche because you always find a way to reinvent yourself and get bigger and better. And I just watch you like, man, this guy just finds new ways to do crazy things and get successful. Tell us about Curtis King TV and what it's all about and your purpose with this product that you're putting out there. Man, so CurtisKingTV.com is it is at the base level. CurtisKingTV.com is a subscription-based service that is an opportunity for rappers and music producers of all ages to be a part of a, of a productive, a positive mm-hmm. community, uh, more specifically a private discord, as well as it gives you access to a membership side that has over now about 60 hours of educational content mm. for myself, from, uh, you know, uh, huge YouTubers like, BusyWorks Beats, who does like mm-hmm. Echo Studio tutorials, he teaches you basically how to sound design. So if you want to make your own drum kits, he has an advanced course as well as a beginner's course for sound designers. That's on the membership side, mm. um, as well as all these videos that we we host weekly workshops. Because really, the real value is within this private Discord and this community. We have private discords. Uh, for those that don't know, Discord is basically like it's like a Imagine those old, uh, you know, community forms, but it's a private form that mm-hmm. has the uh, capability of, of launching video and audio. So you can talk to people mm. all over the world wow. um, instantly. Like right now, I could talk to a producer from the Netherlands as part of my group, and mm. he can give advice to a producer from New York who's struggling with some things that he's been able to be successful in, whether it's social media or whatever. But connecting all these people, I have created what I she call the first the first safe mental health space online mm. for rappers and music producers, because we know how important mental health is. If your mental health is not in the right place, no matter how many tutorials you get, you will not, you will not execute because of that, that, that within you. So this became a subscription based service in which I said, you know what? I, I want to leave YouTube for this mm. now to give a little perspective. Cause you know, mind you, I got 146,000 right. subscribers, got a right? Huge following. Right. I got about over over, you know, I, I can even give you a, an accurate number right now. I got over over 10 million, you know, uh, 11 million, 287 thousand views across the board on my videos, about 1500 videos that I put together. And mind you, 
it took me about five years to do this, right? And, mm-hmm. and you know, when you're building up this as a stream of revenue, it's it, it is a long game. It's not for it's not for the weak at heart. And so I was supposed to do this idea, the subscription based service, back in January. You know why I didn't do it? Why is that? I was scared chicken shitless. I was scared <laughs> out of my mind. Oh my gosh! I uh, said, "Oh, I can't do this, man." They gonna they gonna laugh me out the building. They ain't gonna pay no twenty dollars. Man, what they gonna pay? And so I sat there and I said, "You know what? I'm gonna do it anyway and fight through the fear because that's what courage is. Mm-hmm. Feeling the fear and doing it anyways. That's right. And so I fought through it. But I took a week off of YouTube. And mind you, it took me five years for my YouTube ad revenue to get to two thousand. Mm. So you know, I took a week off and it dropped by seven hundred dollars. Mm. Why wow. do we had just moved into a new house? Mm, yeah, I know what that's mind like. You, I, <laughs> mind you, mind you, Similac ain't going down in price. No, now. it's not. Not anytime soon. <laughs> okay. Mind you, I got higher demands now because I'm in this position, more overhead because I'm owner of my own business. And what, what what's going on? You can't let your streams of revenue fall off by the wayside like that. And so mm-hmm. it put me in a situation where I panicked and I jumped back on. Mm. Now, fast forward to April. Fast forward actually to the end of March, two right. days, two the, the the day after uh, my 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 son's birthday, mm-hmm. two days after, excuse me, uh, Nipsey Hussle passed mm. away. Oh man, yeah. Right now, that that that's that is a name that mm. means something to so many different people it around does. the world. Absolutely, but it but it just hits differently for those of us that live out here on the West Coast. Oh man, like L.A. still in mourning. Oh my God! Like, like mm. it, it's it's and, it, and, it, and it's and it's going to be felt like this for a very long time. Oh, yeah. because of what he represented, mm-hmm. it was more like for those who don't understand why he gets so much love. It was more than just him being a rapper. It's mm-hmm. more than him just being. You know, a lot of folks try to put the whole oh he was a part of a gang and why yeah. you guys yeah. you know, upload uh, uh, you know putting somebody up there like that. It's more than that. As a as a entrepreneur as an independent artist mm-hmm. as really as a black entrepreneur as well as right. a father as as you know a, 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 a man that was loyal to his lady as somebody that stood for so many things that we do stand for right. even me for somebody who didn't grow up in that atmosphere that he grew up in i drew so much inspiration oh, from yeah. the words he shared oh, he yeah. never gave a sour interview he never heard him speak you know, disrespect no. about anybody. No. He, he always used to say, "No disrespect." As yep. talking about, <laughs> you know the, the you know, and, and so I always looked at him as an inspiration. I don't know if you remember in 2013 he released that hundred dollar album. Yes. Shortly after, I was so inspired because I said, "You other artists don't get what he did for us, right?" You right. Don't get, he did this for all of us. Yes. And I released a hundred dollar box because I was so inspired that had like all of my, all of my deep my my, my music videos on a mm-hmm. DVD. I had my socks. It had socks with my logo. It had, you know, oh, man, it has so many different things in there that I put in that box to make it worth 100 Right. And it cost about $1,500 $1, to do it. I only sold one box. But he inspired <laughs> me enough. But you <laughs> went for it, though. I went for it, man. And, and so uh, Respect Magazine covered it in a blog post. He retweets it and likes it. Mm. And I'm like, oh, man, that means so much. Or I DM him because he was following me at that time because right. I met him I met him on the on – on one of the paid dudes live streams announcing all the people on the live stream. Oh, and, damn. And, uh, I shared a live stream with him on my birthday. Him oh. and, and Noah. Mm. And it's like, I, 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 I now will hold that. I held it up to a highlight before because of what he represented and how he blossomed and became who he became. Right. Now that holds even bigger weight. Cause to me, it's like, 
imagine somebody in 1994, 95 saying, yo, I shared this room with Pac and, mm-hmm. and, and, and this, that's what it feels like for me. This one hurt more than Pac because mm, I was yeah. young to really understand the impact because 96, I was only a, a, a 11 at that time. Right. Damn. And I wasn't really into the music. Like I started right. to understand it as I got older, but man, Nancy, man, I'll tell you this, when that happened, a part of me was, 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 um, a part of me was, was shook. Mm-hmm. So much because the man got killed in broad daylight in front of his place of business. Yeah, well, he thought the most. Decided, yeah, to help someone. Well, he else. thought the most. Well, he was helping other people. Uh, he was employing people yeah. who could not get jobs. Yeah, felons. You get killed in broad mm. daylight in front of your place of business. Do you know what that says to mm. so many young black entrepreneurs yeah. that want to stay in their neighborhood and help the people around and somebody who he knows? Mm-hmm. Somebody he helped. Somebody, somebody he helped. He Kills him they, in broad daylight. Yeah, in front of these cameras, like that. Oh. That I don't think people understand. They don't. Right now, we're still living in it, but that imagery is going to mm. cause a lot of trauma in a lot of people. Mm. And and in some other folks, though, it turns into a fire. And I can all yeah. I can describe it as like I and I think it's a great place to end things. But it was a fire in me that burned that said he he did the right thing, and y'all still killed him. Mm. He did the right, he was doing the right thing. He was yeah. doing it the right way. He said all the right things. He was he was educating. When whenever you can convince Crips and Bloods to invest in cryptocurrency, right? Right? you're doing something right in this world, right? <laughs> and so yeah. seeing that, seeing him unify folks that you mm. never would have thought coming together and you see that happening and you still take them out. To me, it reminded me that life is short. Yep. It reminded me that we are not here to we're not meant to have Mm. Uh, extraordinary thoughts and do mediocre acts. Mm. And I felt myself saying I'm doing far less than I need to be doing that. that so this idea that I was terrified to launch, it took one of my buddies saying, I think it's that time. And I said, I think, you know what? I mm. know it's time. I yeah. know I need to do this. So what I couldn't launch in a week, I launched in 48 hours. I taught myself how to use this platform that allows me to have my own mm website i learned how to do it in 48 hours I, I coded my website i designed it all that stuff from scratch i was watching videos on youtube in 2x speed to make this happen and in less <laughs> than 48 hours i had my first member would you know what took me five years in ad revenue through 1500 videos do you know that we surpassed that by 200 dollars in less than a week holy crap wow because all it took was 75 members Mm. I had 146,000 opportunities to get 75 members. After that, I could have quit YouTube and been gone. Mm-hmm. But I kept adding more videos and re- reminding people, look, you know my value. And you know that if I give you this stuff for free, imagine what I'm going to give you when you're actually investing your money. Right. And so I launched this platform, and that fire that was inside of me from what happened with Nipsey, it, it slowly started to turn into a water because, you know, fires burn out. Fires burn out. Absolutely. But, that water, man, that water, that 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 energy of, of 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 entrepreneurship, that that necessity to own your own and to not have to answer to somebody else telling you what you can or can't do. The same thing you're doing with your podcast to be able to have an outlet that you can speak on whatever you want to speak on that way you want to speak on it. Right. My soul needed that. Mm. I needed a place where I could grow and I needed a place where I could contribute to something that was bigger than what I was already doing. And that 146,000, that ain't a small feat, but I no. need something <laughs> bigger because I can only help you so much if right. I'm reading words on a, on a, on a page and, and I'm seeing an <laughs> avatar that I don't even know if it's actually you. <laughs> now I'm talking to these folks. I just got off the phone 
uh, no, excuse me, off of the, off of a, a Zoom meeting with the folks in my membership. Mm. We just had our second Mental Health Mondays with, um, and this just show you how God worked, man. In the midst of me doing this, I had somebody come in that says, "Hey, Curtis, I see what you're doing. I love it. I just want to let you know, out of and just let you know, in addition to me being a producer, I'm actually a mental health therapist." Oh wow! And I said, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! You are what?" <laughs> Wow. And, and, and when I tell you this, 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 this brother from the Bay Area named Anaje, he he came in. He says, I actually specialize in trauma mm. and, and being able to walk people through trauma. There's so many people in this industry that have it. And so, oh, man, it's just everything works is working out so beautifully. And, and, and actually today we we, um you know, we launched in April and right. now today we we're up to four hundred and twelve members inside this Curtis King TV um wow. all proud like in, in, in the spirit of Nipsey man they're proud to pay they know what this stands for they know how big of a deal this is and now every single day man I'm dedicating at least two hours sometimes I give them 12 hours a week of just all the information that I'm learning and consuming and now they're just sitting in there sponging it up they're teaching each other they're supporting right. each other they're buying each other's music they're buying mm. each other's beats they're collaborating mm. I got I got, uh, you know, a, a, a woman in her 50s from Seattle, uh, um, older white lady named Pearl. She's collaborating <laughs> with, with uh, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, a, a black producer off on the West Coast. Or, wow. or like, like, I got a producer from, you know, producer rapper from Chicago collaborating with the producer from the Netherlands. Mm. Like, these are all people that have come together for something bigger than just their their gender and and and. and and their, you know, their race. This right. is all about making sure we have a healthy space mm. to be vulnerable, to invest in each other, and to be there for one another. Because nothing feels better when you're trying to launch something than knowing that you got support on the other end. And a lot of people don't have that. To be able to say that I'm a vehicle, mm. all I felt I am. I, I am no, ain't nothing, I am just me. But I am to be a vehicle that brings these people together. Man, it just feels like extra family that I got there out there in the world. So mm. I'm just trying to do my best to continue to walk in purpose. Brother, man. Woo! Can you tell the people? Oh, no, no, what... <laughs> that was a lot. I know it was a lot. No, was a lot. Was and lot. I love it. And I love it. And I love it. <laughs> Curtis, can you tell the people how they can get involved and how they can be a part of your community? Man, it CurtisKingTV.com. CurtisKingTV.com. Ain't no ain't no other stuff about it. Ain't you ain't gonna you can Google whatever you want to Google. I shut down <laughs> CurtisKingBeats.com because I'm not selling beats no more. I'm not selling products. The mm. only way you get my courses, the only way you get any access to me, don't DM me. Don't be asking me no questions. I don't even <laughs> feel guilty about it no more. I ain't saying nothing to you. <laughs> That's right. That's right. If you, ain't, if you ain't somebody I already rock with, I don't care. Oh, you got, you got a distro kid question. That's you. <laughs> Come over to your membership side. CurtisKingTV.com. And I know people out there like, oh, that's harsh. That's harsh. Man. No, it no, ain't. No, no, no. no, it ain't. No, it ain't. When you get, when you, I, I delete my Instagram messages, Every day, every two days, it fills up back to the 99 plus. <laughs> How do I know it says 99 plus? Because that's what happens when you get more than 99 messages. And I see that often. Mm, I wouldn't know. And I ain't so, that popular. But. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't look at it as, I don't even look at it as popular. I know, I look you know, at it as, I know. I look at it as, they're like, oh, I finally got somebody I can, I can dump all my whole life problems on and he's going to just <laughs> fix it all. And I'll be the first one to say, yeah, have you ever heard of Google? I'm helpful. I'm here for value, but at the same time, I'm not. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, 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 what's, what's the lady name? 
I fixed my life. It was a Ayala. I'm yeah, like, yeah, Ayala. yeah. I'm here to fix your life. I, I'm here to I, to, I, to share the value <laughs> that I think that I have, and hopefully it can alter some ways that you think about your life and change your perspective. But at the end of the day, you got to change your life. And so That's in this right. space, I give people the opportunity to to. It's not just me talking. It's them being leading voices, and it's them. I'm asking questions most of the time because I want to learn about them, and I want them to walk themselves through the change because mm. then it's going to be long-lasting. If I tell them how to do something, you know what I mean? Like You can teach, yeah. you teach somebody how, how, to, how to, you know, you feed them a fish, you can teach them how to, how to fish. One of those is more valuable than the other one. Right. Absolutely. And so, man, now I'm able to, like, I, I'm like, I'm stopped selling beats. I'm giving them all my beats for free. Mm. This is just a space where I'm able to just sit in there and say, what do y'all want to accomplish in this life? Mm. How can I help you? That's amazing. Curtis, man. I'm telling you, you have raised the bar on this show to make it reputable. <laughs> I can't thank you enough for coming on the, oh, on the Big Brother Jake podcast. And I we, can't wait to share this with the community. Brother, and, and it's going to be fun. And, and we'll have you back on again. Oh, please do. Please oh, we do. will. Play, man. All right. Play. Don't, but the last time you had me on, it was like I was a, I was a young artist trying to get on Fox Sports. <laughs> and we'll definitely you do know? that. <laughs> you know, please bring me back home. And I, I enjoyed the conversation. Bro. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on, brother. Not a problem. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Damn, we've been on so long that, oh, I I went way over. So I'm going to just say this. Thanks for tuning in to the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Thank you to Curtis King for coming on, dropping those gems. Thank you to you, the listening audience. And a special prayer, special shout out to my man. This show is dedicated to my man, Martin. Focal Dicky Down Sunglow. I love you, brother. Morning until I join you. To the next episode. Deuces. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast.